Okay. All right. We're back with another episode of Bigfoot Revival. I am your host, the Sasquatch. And joining me today, as normal, is the man, the myth, the legend, the stainless steel cup that everyone has now. Or if they don't have it, they have the, the copy of it. The Yeti. I am here. What are we talking about today, brother? Oh, we're talking about lots of things. Are we going to start off with our uh, new uh, people on Facebook? Yeah, why not? Let's start there. Okay. We got two new lights to add to the list this week, and for that, they get a shout out. Uh, we have Kelly Miranda and Juan M. Ramirez. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, all right. Got that knocked out. We got a couple of people who have joined us on Facebook, and uh, we really do appreciate that. We, um, it makes a big difference to see to see things grow. It uh, keeps you motivated in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, it does. It does. Speaking of motivation, uh-oh. Uh, we got a question this week or last week, but we're answering it this week. Basically saying, okay, you guys talk a lot about thinking biblically, but how do you go about that? Yeah. So, how do you think biblically? Well, you got to read your Bible. And that's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) No, so the big thing is um, reading your Bible. And, And we're making fun of that to a certain extent. It's one of those things where just because it's simple doesn't mean it ain't hard. That That's true. That's most things that are good, that are worth chasing and achieving. They, they, they are simple. Yeah. But it takes a lot of discipline and work to make it happen, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do think that when reading the scriptures, it's easy to go, oh, yeah, I read the scriptures. The scriptures. I read my Bible. Yeah. And and they probably do, but how often? How much are they spending meditation on it? That's a big part of it. And when they read it, can they can they sum up what they've read? You know, I'd go out on a limb here and say that a lot of people are probably doing some sort of Bible reading plan. A lot of churches are doing those. Those read through a through the Bible in a year. We're right after the new year. People have got their resolutions still going on, and they're probably still kind of sort of sticking to them, and they're yeah. just trying to read through it in a year, and that becomes a lot of, let me check it off the list for today that I've uh-huh. read my scripture. Uh-huh. But if you're not meditating, you're not applying, you're not, focusing praying through the scriptures yeah d- diving deeper into what does this mean that i just read not what does it mean to me uh-huh. what does it mean what is the bible actually saying here that's the first thing we need to understand when reading the bible is what is the bible actually saying here yeah and then once we kind of get our our grasp around what the bible is saying here then we can make application to ourselves yeah. but as long as we are am i sounding funny to you no, you sound like you. Okay. That's kind of funny, but. <laughs> well, I'm, it's something, I don't know if it's my mic or my, the the headphones that I'm wearing this time or gotcha. what, but just don't sound the same. That's what happens when you get an upgrade in equipment. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, uh, 
when we're reading the Bible, you got to understand what the Bible is actually saying, not what it means to you. You can make a personal application once you understand sure. what the Bible actually means. Yeah. Um, how to interpret the Bible. That's a big part of it, right? Mm. Um, do we interpret the Bible through our preconceived notions, our presuppositions? So if I think God is good and love, right? Mm. And I really just have been told that my whole life. And then I see places where in the Old Testament where God has called for people to die, right? Like like when he sends people, uh, Israel, into Canaan mm-hmm. and he's clearing out Canaan so that it can be Israel. Yeah. And people really, and go, not my God, not my God. Well, well who's your God? Your God is no longer the God of love. It is, uh, your God is now love. Mm, Right? So it's not the God of love. He is love. So you've made it, and what I mean by this is, you have God the Father, who is Love. He gets to define love. He mm-hmm. gets to tell us what love is, right? But then you have people who have made God, they'll say, God is love. And then I've heard people cleverly reverse that and say, love is God, mm. right? And we're not talking a biblical love at that point either. We're talking we're talking a very human uh I don't know if sensual is the right word. Not not necessarily um um sexual love, but 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 a very just kind of shallow love has replaced the biblical love. Well we're, and then we a, say that is what God has to be. God has to be this thing that we've made it, or he's not love. No, God is love no matter what he does. We're in a culture that changes definitions of words too. And love just so happens to be one of them. So whenever you say God is love at that point, then you don't even know who God is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And and so (laughs) it it just, we have to have understandings of scripture. Hermeneutics is the, the proper term of that understanding, interpreting the scripture. Okay. And how we read and interpret the scripture. And so, um, if I had any sense, I'd have grabbed a good hermeneutics book. Um, anyways, I, I'm looking at my bookshelf right quick to see if I see any. Um, but you can read the Bible and take out of it almost anything you want. If you only read it out of context. Yeah. Context is king and that's what a lot of people do i mean a lot of people read um the scripture and they really um narcissus is a word that i think was coined by um roseburg i can't think of his first name he has his own youtube podcast thing Mm -hmm. uh defending the faith or something of that nature and he called it Narciss Jesus, but I've heard it move on from him. I think I've okay. heard people use it who don't even know him and they're using it. So when we, when we interpret the scripture as if we are the center of the scripture, mm-hmm. we're interpreting it wrong. Right. 
And we do that, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we do that in the Old Testament. We do it in the New Testament. We really do try to make ourselves the center of Scripture. Right. Who is the center of Scripture? Jesus. Christ, yeah. And and it's all about him. The The beginning of Scripture tells us about uh, man's fall and God's, God's um, plan for salvation. Mm-hmm. In, in in Genesis, it talks about uh, the Savior being born of woman, and then squishing the 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 serpent's head, and that'll bruise his heel, mm-hmm. right? And so, and it just unfolds from there until you have Christ being born and living a life as an example. Um, healing people in Jeru- uh, not just Jerusalem, but all over Judea. Um, you know, uh, he he's he gets sent to death because he pr- claims to be God. Yeah, and that, that's something that kills me is when they say, "Well, he never made the claim to be God." That's why they, they killed asked him. him. Yeah, that's why they killed him. They asked him, uh, "Hey, speak clearly." That the Jews asking, "Yeah, hey, speak clearly," and then he. He goes and he says, um, uh, me and the father are one. Look at all the works that I have done. What good work are you um, stoning me for? And they say, it isn't your good works. It is that you claim to be God. Mm-hmm. You've made yourself God. Yeah. And that's blasphemy. So we're going to kill you. Um, that's in John what? That's in John chapter 10. All right. Chapter 10 verses 22 through... 30 actually to the end of the chapter the the little subheading is Jesus asserts his deity so you can read all about that yeah you know right there in that section you gonna read it oh yeah <laughs> you gave us the sum I didn't know you still wanted no to no no it. we're better off just going with actual scripture okay here we here you go uh, starting at 22 at the time of the feast of the dedication uh, took place at Jerusalem it was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I show you many good works from the Father. For which one of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. And so... The Jews understood that he he made himself to be God, mm-hmm. but we read the Bible and say, "Well, the Bible, Jesus never said he was God." Y- yes, he did. Yeah, and that's some of that thinking biblically stuff, right? You hear this stuff, but then you actually have to be able to understand a little bit and read the whole Bible, right? Old Testament as well. You've got people like um, Andy Stanley who says things like, we, "Let's disconnect. Let's unhitch from the Old Testament." You can't understand the New Testament if you unhitch from the, from the right. old, old Testament. Mm-hmm. 
it's impossible. And so, um, not let me rephrase that. It's impossible to to understand a lot of the New Testament without understanding the Old Testament. Um, preaching through Acts and saw where everybody knows the sto- the story of um, Eutychus, uh, aka Lucky, who falls out of a a window while Paul's preaching, right? And Paul goes and lays down on on Lucky and says, "Don't worry, you, he's alive, right?" Then he goes on about his business. He preaches or he is up there talking with everybody for another six hours to eat a little bit. He talks with them for another six hours until daybreak. Mm-hmm. And it says that when they left there, he was healed. Yeah. And they were no, no, I had it phrase it. It said it right backwards. Like no, no little encouraged or something. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, it, there's one of those examples of what, it, you know, it's a weird story. It just seems to be a weird story in the middle of the new in, of Acts, until you understand that this occurred with um, uh, Elijah. Mm-hmm. He's staying at a widow's house, and her son dies, and she kind of goes, "You know, you're supposed to be a prophet of God, but while you're here, my kid dies. This doesn't look good." And he says, "Well, give me the boy," and he takes the boy from the mother, and he takes him upstairs, and he lies on him. Three times, and the boy comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Elijah prays to God and says, "Look, you know, I'm here in this lady's house, and her kid dies. That doesn't make me look too. That that makes me look kind of bad, Lord." <laughs> and so, um, the kid comes back to life, and the woman says, "I know that what you speak is from God, and it's true." And so you see God establishing His truth to a certain person through. Uh, the resurrection of someone. Yeah, you can find that story too in First uh, Kings or that account. I want to use that terminology yeah, better yeah. than story, but you can find that account in First Kings chapter seventeen, uh, starting in verse seventeen. To go back and read that for yourself. Yeah, and understanding that what God was doing was the same thing He did a lot in Acts, and that's establishing the authority of God and His Word and His men who were giving that word. Right, and. And so here they are in Tarsus. No, not Tarsus. Um, Troas. They were in Troas. And here they are in Troas having a church service, and this occurs. And those people would forever know that Paul spoke truth because he brought back one of their children. Also go back to the Old Testament because we kind of started uh-huh. out talking about in some places in the Old Testament where God had killed people, and they say that's not a it's not a God of love. Yeah. God is holy. and who he just yes and who he puts as his prophets and tells people to listen to um he expects that reverence to be given to him yeah i'm talking about the the kiddos that was sitting there uh picking on which was the the prophet the, was that elijah or elisha see i get them too confused yeah <laughs> but they were just sitting there picking on him calling him baldy and all this other stuff i say that was elijah I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure but i think so yeah and then God sent bears to come out of the woods and maul yeah. these yeah. young guys. And they were young guys. Yeah. Right? It was a mob of young guys who had gone out there to to stop him from preaching to that town. Mm-hmm. And um, in doing so, uh, God sent bears. 
which is such an awesome story. <laughs> you done messed up, A.A. Ron. Yeah, it, if I remember right, it talks about um, 64, I think, got mauled up pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's an interesting story, and understanding that God is just in what he does, everything that he does. Mm-hmm. But if we only look at that one aspect, we'll never think biblically. Right. If we only take one aspect of God, we'll never see biblical truth in everyday things. And so we've got to understand that he's holy, he's just, he's sovereign. And the list goes goes on, to be honest. I mean I mean and so um when we see things, where do we where do we put those things in biblical categories? Mm. So if a uh unrepentant drug dealer has an overdose, what do we call that? We call it, I mean, if you don't think biblical at all, you just say it's an overdose. Yeah. If you think biblically, but you think God is only love, you say, well, the devil must have done that. That's a good point. If you think biblically, you would say he was sinning and he paid for his sin. Mm-hmm. There was, There was a consequence to his sin, and that's just just like there's a consequence to all of our sins. The love comes in through Christ when he, well, love is all in scripture. And what I mean when I, I have to catch myself when I say the the love comes in through Christ, he's the same God in the old and new Testament. He didn't change. The love was in the old Testament, just as much as it is in the new Testament. Mm -hmm. But when Christ died on the cross to save us, he saved both Old Testament saints and New Testament saints, making us new in him. You don't understand that if you think that, there again, God is love. God is love. You wind up falling into the shoes of someone like Rob Bell who thinks everybody goes to heaven because mm. God is love. Right. doesn't matter if you rebel and hate and spit at him. You're 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 going to go to heaven because God is love. And you've you've rejected all the other aspects of Christ at that point. Um so it takes it does take some some work to understand scripture. It takes reading it, it takes um studying it, meditating on it. Mm. Uh something else that's important is prayer. Are you praying about these things? Are you praying that God opens your eyes, that the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to certain truths? Um, you know, it, it talks about that Christ is the truth. Christ is the truth. And one of the things that we've said is that because Christ is the truth, we're interested in the truth. We talked about that a lot whenever... Um, you saw some of these uh the, the the black guys who had gotten shot by cops and we we're like we want to know the truth if this is murder it's murder right it, but it didn't it didn't appear that way to us at the time as well as uh, the election fraud mm-hmm. we're more interested in knowing the truth than we are uh if Donald Trump or Biden is president we want to know the truth to what's going on so that we can have faith in our elections, so that, well, we're Christians, so we want to know the truth anyway. But 
so you you pray for the Holy Spirit to bring you truth and to illuminate the truth when you're reading Scripture. That's partly how you can meditate and, and know it better is by having the Holy Spirit illuminate that truth for you. So be praying for that, that God will show you uh, truth. A lot of people will say that they're reading their scripture when they go to church and the preacher preaches out of the Bible, right? Yeah. And, and that's just not adequate. I mean, it's it's good, especially if you go to a church where the pastor actually does preach the Bible. But it's not, you, you need to be studying it for yourself. One thing that we've started in our church recently is um, on Wednesday night, we discuss what was preached on Sunday so that the people in our church can have time to actually continue to look over the Word of God and and have it so that it's not just something you hear on Sunday, but that it's something that you're thinking about throughout the week. Yeah. And with a lot of those things, too, we hit on it just a little bit, but um, the Holy Spirit gives us understanding whenever we're praying whenever we are studying when we're meditating on the words and there's some of this stuff that's just hard and you got to chew on it a little bit you just can't read over it and those things the uh, the holy spirit gives us understanding it says in first corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 but just as it is written things which eye has not seen and ear not heard and which have not entered the heart of man all that god has prepared for those who love him for to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Yeah, yeah. Now, oh shoot, while you were reading that, I had a good thought and it went out just that quick. <laughs> when we when we study the Word of God, how much authority do you put in the Word of God? Right, that matters too. Absolutely. That helps us understand what do you find it authoritative or do you find it suggestive in other words you're not going to get the real understanding of god's word if you think it's just some moral book right written by men mm-hmm. instead of an authoritative book that was written by men true but was holy spirit inspired in those men in other words God wrote the Bible. Right. Using men. He inspired those men to write his word. All scripture is breathed by God. Exactly. For teaching, reproof, understanding. So if you're just looking at the scripture as this, this thing that can help you through life. Right. And we see that in, in people like Joel Osteen, um, the health and wealth guys, you know, we're we're we believe the Bible because the Bible God will bless you if you just sow these here seeds. If you just send me a couple grand, God'll pay you back tenfold guarantee. And and so what are what are you giving to God for? Right? What's the purpose of you giving to God in that moment? The the whole reason you're giving to God is so that God'll give you more. Mm-hmm. You're using God for a means to an end. You at that, yeah, at that point you're rubbing the, 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 the lamp that you believe God is in wanting to get your wishes. Santa Claus. Yeah. And and, and you'll never you'll never 
think biblical if that's the way it is. You have to make the Scripture and the God of the Scripture authoritative in your life. It has to have um, meaning. It has to be read and 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 understood properly so that whenever you're you're walking through your day-to-day life and and something happens in your life your first thought isn't all right here's my first goliath my first goliath let me go grab a stone and you know you don't see it that way right you might see it as a trial that is ultimately for the glory of God. Right. So instead of looking at it as as now you're David from the Bible and you're going to slay your Goliath, you're now looking at it as a trial sent by God. And in that trial, Satan's going to use it as a temptation. He's going to try to tempt you in that. And God has given you the ability to to ignore or turn down that temptation so that God has brought glory in that situation. Yeah, and instead of saying, "Why is That's this happening?" James, by the way. Yeah, why? Why is this happening to me? Why me? Uh, or or that you shift to. All right, what's going on here? There, this God. What are you trying to show me here? I mean, every trial is yeah. a learning lesson. Well, even if you don't know what that lesson is, you, yeah, you need to have the mentality of, uh, this is for God's glory. Uh huh. Even though it's 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 bringing me harm, it's for God's glory, and God works all things out for good to those who love Him, to those who are called to His purpose. Yeah, Romans. Yeah. Um. So in that, you know, there's confidence in that that yeah. whenever you have a trial, God's going to be glorified, and He's doing it for our good. Yeah. Another part of thinking biblically is thinking like a servant. Mm-hmm. You have to think as like a servant to think biblically. Um, when the when the disciples confronted Jesus, he says the least of these right mm-hmm. will be the greatest in heaven. When uh, James and John have his, their mother ask him, uh, "Can we sit at the right and left hand of you know?" and and he says, are you willing to go through what I go through to suffer, to go through what I'm and, and and what was God doing when what was what was Christ doing when he was suffering on the cross? He was acting as a servant to humanity and to the father. Mm-hmm. He was giving himself to the will of the father for the good of man. So that we may have eternity with him. Yeah. He was acting as the ultimate. He gave his life, not only his life, but he gave his 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 everything yeah. on the cross. That was the one place where um, Christ and God were not in sync exactly. Because, um, and and I'm trying to be careful with my words because this is an easy way to slip into, you know, blasphemy or or heresy. But they were not in sync at that moment because Christ had this the the sin of the world on him, and the Father could not lay his hand or his eyes on that sin. Mm-hmm. And Christ carried it into the grave and came out anew, resurrected himself, and came out anew. 
and and so God sacrificed himself. The man who had a from all eternity, right? A perfect relationship with God. Because he is God. Had a moment where he bore all of our sins. Holy. And now he's sin he's bearing our sin. Right? The one who is holy and everything I mean, he is the author of life, yeah. all that is created by, through, and for him. And he lowers himself to be on our level. He he puts on flesh, yeah. is what I mean, and then suffers more than anybody in flesh ever has and paints more of a picture of a servant yeah. than what any part of creation Went ever around could. around healing people, praying, mm-hmm. um. Everything he did was for someone else. Yeah. Primarily the father. Mm-hmm. So don't don't get me wrong on that either. It was all to bring... His main focus while, in, during his earthly ministry was bringing God glory. Yeah. And we were the um, beneficiaries of that. And not only that, you also have um, Paul. Look at Paul. We're talking about going through Acts. He, he was stoned. Um, he was... He he was uh, shipwrecked. He 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 kept going back to these places where he had planted churches and reinforcing biblical truths, giving them biblical truth, reinforcing. He gave everything that he had to God, which means he gave everything that he had to the church, and ultimately paid for it with his life. That's what thinking biblically looks like. So, if you're in a situation and you can help someone and give them the gospel, or just help someone, or just give them the gospel, although, you know, helping people is giving Mm -hmm. the gospel, so. But you find yourself in that situation, and you think, well, I. And your your knee jerk is to say, "Well, I." Mm-hmm. You're not thinking biblically in that moment. You're not thinking biblically in that moment. Now there are times whenever you have to prioritize your time, right? But but anytime you're selfish, even on the most basic level, you're not thinking biblically. You should be thinking of everyone else but yourself. You should give yourself for primarily God and his glory. That leads you, if you love God that much, you're going to love people. And if you truly love people, you're going to give your life for people. And that looks different for everybody. I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip like you have to do it the way that I do it or the way that Yeti does it. But you need to give your life for people so that they may know the gospel, so that they may know Jesus. And that's part of how you think biblically. Yeah, but how do I think biblically about, I don't know, let's say going to Walmart. Uh, What do you mean? Well, I've I've got to go to Walmart and pick up some groceries. 
how do I think biblically about that? You go do it to the glory of God. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. Are you looking for something specific or just a conversation? No, just, just, just a, a question out there. To, I mean, to I can, something if you know. I can give you an, an example, I guess, but but there again, that looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talk to the cashier. You look for opportunities. You look for opportunities. Yeah. Um, you that, well, you you behave in such a way. So if somebody, uh, everybody's had this happen, right? You're you're kind of down a busy aisle, and there's somebody who's just standing there in the way, and they will not move. And you're sitting there thinking, "Why won't they move?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. How do you treat that person? Yeah. Do you get right fussy? And ill and be like, excuse me. No, or I, or do you? I, I get fussy and ill and suppress it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or do you think, uh, hey, that, I use this a lot. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I do use it a lot. There's an opportunity to share the gospel, and one or two things will happen when you share the gospel with that person. Mm-hmm. They'll sit there and they'll listen to it and they'll hear the gospel, and hopefully come to know Jesus. Or they'll hear the gospel and they'll go, man, this guy's done started talking Jesus to me. I got to get out of here. And they'll get out of your way so you can grab whatever you need on the shelf, right? It works every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I mean. Well, dude, uh, talking about opportunities real quick, um, you made a good point uh, in your sermon this past Sunday whenever you you made the comment of don't pray for opportunities and then when opportunities come up, shun them. Yeah, yeah. We we tend to, I think what, I, what uh, the example that I gave was, we sit here and we go, Lord, please give me opportunities. And what you're really asking for is, Lord, make it unawkward for me to share there the gospel. There you go. Yep. Make it unawkward for me to share the gospel. And, and that just rarely happens. Yeah. That rarely happens. You know, you can be talking to somebody. This person could be a Christian. I have had conversations with pastors that I have swung that joker to the gospel, and you can see the uneasiness and the awkwardness in their eyes when you swing it to Jesus. I don't know why entirely outside of people know they're sinful, and when you talk about Jesus, he's the judge, mm. and he, and they know that. And there's a part of them that just says, like, I'm living in rebellion against God, and so I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And so it's awkward. 68% of the time it's awkward every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, speak, speaking the gospel can can be awkward. Uh, me and you were in Walmart one time, and we were just talking about gospel things. I don't even remember exactly what it was, the, the actual Let's conversation. Let's go with topic for a podcast. Probably not that. Uh, okay. And, uh. <laughs> This lady kept following us, and we kept moving to get out of her way, and she just kept up. And I finally went, ma'am, I am so sorry. We just keep getting in your way. And she goes, no, you're not in my way. Y'all just keep talking Jesus like you are. And she was following us, listening to us. Yeah, she was just enjoying the conversation. <laughs> kind of creepy. Yeah, but, yeah. But bless her heart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> but that, that's, that was an opportunity. And we weren't doing anything that was like, okay, we have to do this. Like, this is the game plan. We have to do it. 
Yeah, you don't have Lou to be obnoxious whenever you're having conversations with people in Walmart, whether it's somebody that you're with or somebody that you've met. You don't you don't have to keep it a secret to talk about Jesus, but you, yeah. I mean, you don't have to be obnoxious and just scream it so that people five miles over can hear you. You know, yeah. either just don't be ashamed. Thus says the Lord, Amen and Amen. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, there again. To be a servant to people, to think of yourself as lesser than everyone else around you, that goes against who you are. Mm -hmm. That I mean, it really does. That goes against who everyone is. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to think that they are better than someone else. But God says that he is king and that we all are to submit to him and that those who are greater serve as the lesser. And so you serve. You serve, and you don't think of people as being less than you. You think of people that everybody needs Jesus, but they're already saved. Yeah, and they still need the Word of God. They still need the Word of God. And in that, I mean, so blah, 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 blah. You still have to check yourself and keep some form of accountability. Before you break yourself. That's right, because you, you still... You need accountability, even in all this, because what can happen to, in your service, in your attempts at humility, that can swell your pride. Look how good I served. (laughs) I did this. And even if you don't start out with those intentions, that's in everybody's nature, man. That happens. Uh, Yeah, that happens to to me. When you start doing it like that and for those purposes, Basically, Scripture says that uh, that moment is your reward. There you go. That moment is your reward. Um, where, where if you're doing it for the glory of God and you're truly humble, mm-hmm. then uh, your reward is in heaven. So, in even in doing all of these things in your attempts to think biblically and our attempts to think biblically, you still have to check that pride because it, yeah. it swells up, and it'll swell up for you even realize mm-hmm. it too. Now I know I know a lot of people they hear oh good well <laughs> some people will hear oh good they're they're talking about thinking biblically uh, and how to do it and what they're wanting to hear is like here's a five step program number one yeah and and it's just not that way it's just not that way if there was it would be reading the Bible studying the Bible you know you'd have all that um you know if you don't know what the Bible says you can't think biblically. But you also have a heart that is being changed by the Spirit of God. And these things don't happen immediately. So thinking biblically is a growth. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of your sanctification process. And you develop the ability to think biblically. Now, I would argue that there are guys who are saved who know the Bible and still don't think biblically. And so you have to be able to not just know the Bible, but be able to apply the scripture to understand the scripture in context and to be able to serve. I I keep going back to that. I really think that's a key point that I, that really, I just, it dawned on me while we were talking. That that service is what allows you 
to to remain humble. That service is what allows you to think of other people before yourself, like God, um, through Christ thought about us, and and He served us. He God served us, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't make sense. That shouldn't have happened, but it did because He loved us and He is just, and and so He came. He he. He sent his son, Christ, to do this. When we tend to think that we are better than others, or we tend to think that, we, that we're superior, like even in Scripture, you know, we're like, well, they don't know nothing about Scripture. I know about Scripture. Da, 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 da. And in reality, they don't know how to think biblically because they they treat people as if they're inferior mm. they know the bible it, it's kind of like the pharisees right the pharisees knew the bible but they treated those who weren't pharisees as lesser people and i think we have a real bad issue with that i think i think forgiveness can be thrown in there as well Think as well as serving forgiveness to be able to forgive. It's easier. It's easier to forgive people when you don't think that you're better than them, right? Mm-hmm. It's easier to forgive people whenever you think that um, that you're not. You know, if I think I'm better than you, I'm not going to want to ask for forgiveness. Mm. Or I'm not going to want to give forgiveness. Yeah, that's right. Right. And so that's the issue with social justice right now. Mm-hmm. There's no forgiveness in it. And they think that they're better than, than, well, the white man, so to speak. They think they're better. Why? Because they've got a knowledge that other people don't have. They have a gnosis. Mm-hmm. Right, they're Gnostic. They have a secret knowledge that I that they have only because of their racial experience. Vodibachum calls it uh, uh, um, ethnic Gnosticism, to where they know things um, that there's no way there's no way in the world other people can know. Hold on one second. Uh, Vody calls it ethnic Gnosticism. Critical race theory, all this stuff falls into that. You, certain people can't be forgiven yeah, because they are inherently evil, which is true. We all are inherently evil. But there's no forgiveness in Christ. There's no forgiveness in, in each other. There's no, And, and it's, it's that whole attitude of, we have this knowledge. We've had this experience. We're better than you. You have to start bowing down to us. But yet, some of the people spouting that stuff know the Bible. Know the Bible. Probably better than us. And yet, are not thinking biblical. Because they're not humbling themselves. They're not serving each other. The Bible says, uh, thinking biblically is like this. If I were to jump up and punch Eddie in the face and just talk immortal crap to him, and if he's thinking biblically, 
His knee-jerk reaction is not to retaliate, but to serve me with the gospel. And it may also be to, to not get punched again, right? So you'll do things to... But I'm not saying that you just sit there and take a, a licking. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... Oh, I'm hitting back. <laughs> it, it's going to be to serve someone. Showing them the love of Christ. It's just like when Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he says, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they've done. He's asking for their forgiveness from the Father in the very moment that they're hanging him on a cross. It's crazy. And we sit there and go, I ain't talking to them. Mm -hmm. You know what they've done to me? That's not biblical thinking. Humble yourself. Pray about these things. Know the scripture. Serve each other. I can't think if I've mentioned anything else, but I mean these are kind of the 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 things that you want to think about when you're trying to think biblically. Well, and talking about um being humble, taking on the role of a servant. Those things, you know, the big E on the I chart, as we say, would be Christ. And behind him, the next one is the Apostle Paul. We see a lot of examples with him. And there's a lot of examples of that in Scripture. Yeah, I mean, you can look at... um, My favorite... Stephen. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. My favorite is um, John the Baptist, just because it's of the way he sums it up. Yeah. When he says... He must increase, I must decrease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John the Baptist was the same guy who, just to show you what servants look like, right? John the Baptist called out Herod for marrying his brother's wife. Mm-hmm. And that's what killed him. I mean, honestly, that's what really killed him. Yeah. He was bold. He was bold. But that was service. Mm-hmm. Don't get humility and 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 that kind of thing, meekness, thinking of meekness as weakness, it's it's strength nice. under control. There you go. You have to be able to do that. And let's be honest, you can't underthink biblically unless you've given your life to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's probably the main point. Right. That's probably, the, you have to have given your life to Christ. And I don't mean like, oh, Jesus is my Savior. He's got to be your Lord. You've got to have given your life to Christ in a way to where you can say, like Paul does in Galatians, that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. That whenever um, the world is changing like it is, you're not worried about self-preservation because there's nothing in you worth per- uh, that that's there to preserve mm-hmm. because you have already sold yourself to Christ through bought by his blood for all eternity. Yes, sir. So. Well, anytime you go, yes, sir, I figure, oh, well, that's a good place to shut out. <laughs> he ain't got nothing else to say. Uh, um, I Can you think of anything else to add to that? I'm drawing a blank now. Yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's summed up in... 
our tag verse for God's not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Yeah. All of those yeah, things. Yeah, what you're saying. Being fearless, being strong. Yeah. No loving. Yeah. And thinking with your mind straight. Yeah. You're thinking. You're thinking biblically. God'll, whenever God'll, you're doing all these things. Yeah. Whenever you're saved, reading the Bible isn't just a physical thing. Like you were saying yeah. earlier, there's people that don't know Jesus that know the Bible. You can know the Bible. Yeah. But there are a lot of spiritual aspects to it as well. What? And whenever you are a child of God's and he gives you the Holy Spirit, he, he gives you more of that spiritual understanding whenever you're chewing on the meat of the word and then you're able to understand it better and apply it. Yeah. Think biblically. Uh, this is um one thing that I'm thinking of. We're talking about being humble, loving, um, serving other people. Here's somebody, J.D. Greer probably knows the Bible better than I do. He definitely has more degrees than I do, right? Oh, for sure. And here's a guy who says, we need to show people pronoun hospitality. Which means is, if I consider myself a woman, here I am, six foot four, running around saying, oh, you know, call me <laughs> Sasquatcha. No, I my, don't know. <laughs> my, name, my name is Sasquatcha now. I'm a lady. Um, J.D. Greer says, call that person a lady. But that's lying. But, yeah, exactly. So now, now you're lying to that person. You're not sharing the gospel with that person. You are, you are, um, you're, you're hating that person. You really are hating that person in that moment. Someone that has mental issues, you're, you're, you're giving yeah. over. You might as well let your kids make the rules. In but your see house. that, that, that allows that Greer is saying God is love, right? Mm -hmm. Or love is God. He's allowing for, the world's definition of love to dictate to him how he's to react with sinful people. Right. Versus serving those people and loving those people and giving them the gospel in the way that God has commanded us to do. And so I just kind of wanted to draw a line there because we tend to, to think in a lot of ways like J.D. Greer and allow the world to dictate the terms for us. Yeah. When we have yeah, a yeah. scripture that dictates those terms for us and allows us to know how love is supposed to look, mm -hmm. how serving is supposed to look, how these things are supposed to unfold versus listening to the world. You don't just see, oh, what well, the Bible tells me to serve. So I'm going to go serve, you know, a, a, I don't know, some sinful thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then say that I'm, you know, then I'm serving that person because that's love. No, it's not. Letting people get away with sin is not love. No. It's not. Telling people that they're living in sin is love. But the world and and I won't call JD I I I'm picking on JD Griff for that hospitality thing. I think even he would say, Well no, you, you shouldn't do that. Now, is he consistent? I don't think so, but I think even he would he would say, No, you shouldn't do that. And, and there, I mean, he's not the only one. I just pick on him because I'm Southern Baptist and he's Southern Baptist and, and, uh, 
um, I believe he's saved, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot of people might would question that, but yeah, I believe he's saved. I, I I think he's I think he's bought into though the world's definitions of certain words instead of the Bible's definition of those words, and that's where we disagree in a lot of places. And so, in my my humble but accurate opinion, as one of our good buddies <laughs> likes to say, um, I'm thinking more biblical about these things than than he is. And I and in love, right? If ever given the opportunity to talk to him, I would ask him to start thinking more biblically, and using the Bible to try to show him how I believe that he is harming those people that he's thinking that he's helping. Right. Because I honestly believe he thinks he's helping. Yeah. Because even whenever you talk to somebody about things like that, the Bible has to be your reference source. Exactly. The Bible is your ultimate authority. It is God's word. Yeah. That's not just a cliche. I think we're guilty of that in the South, too. We hear the term, it's God's word. It's God's word. Oh, yeah, it's God's word. Yeah, you kind of bow your head a little bit. Yeah. What do you say? (laughs) I mean, it's just God's word is another name for Bible. Yeah, it is. But, hey. It's God's word. Yeah. You yeah. know, that it, 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 the buck stops here. You know, it goes back to that. And I've done this a handful of times. You know, people will say things like, I want, I just want to hear from God. Pick up your Bible. Pick up your Bible. But I it's want to read word. from, I want to hear from God out loud. Get an audio book uh, <laughs> or a Bible. Uh, uh, it's just, we must consider these things as serious and that our relationship with God is serious. He saved us for his glory. We like to go, he saved us. Aren't I special? He saved us. No, he saved us for his glory. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's about him. And I think the main issue that people have in our area, and, and probably most areas, to be honest, I don't think this is just our area, is they want to make the Bible and God's word about them. And when it's not enough about them, then they start hearing from God to make them about them. God's told me I suppo- I'm supposed to do this, right? Yeah, and if you don't believe that, listen to any popular Christian song on the radio. Yeah. Salvation is all about you. Yeah. Because yeah. you're so special. You're so good. Yeah. Even in your humility, God saved a great sinner like me. I'm so horrible. And you're boasting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you're glorifying your sin there. Yeah. It's like you're nothing. God saved you. Uh, all of our Calvinist me. buddies are talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know you know we've got our calvinist buddies are like they're so close <laughs> we know that because we've sat there and listened to people talk and we've thought you're just so close why don't you just cross over yeah <laughs> that's that's the way i imagine our, our calvinist buddies are so anyways um you know when we when we focus on ourselves and even other people right when when our when our focus is on other people instead of god we're not going to think biblically mm-hmm. we're not going to think biblically it has to be christ centered you know you got the gospel coalition you've got the 
together for the gospel. You got gospel-centered preaching. You got all that stuff, right? And those are good things. And I don't mean this, the like, I follow Paul. Well, I follow Apollos. Well, I follow Christ. That's kind of what it's going to sound like, but it really does need to be Christ-centered, right? not necessarily gospel-centered. Gospel-centered is great, right? Uh, I mean, gospel. the gospel is great. The gospel is how we are saved. The gospel is this wonderful thing that God has given us. But when we're more focused on Jim Bob over there than we are Jesus, we're willing to warp the scripture so that Jim Bob may, you know, we'll, we'll say, we'll say, well, you know, it's not really like that. We're not really like that. We're not really, it's not really right. And we'll start, we'll start excusing the Bible. Yeah. He'll ask about, well, what about the Old Testament? Well, really, we don't even, we really have unhitched from the Old Testament. No, we ain't. And when you do that, you're not, you're not giving those people the true gospel. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if you don't have the gospel Christ centered, then you're not giving them the true gospel. So, um, we're probably starting to run around a little bit in circles. So I say, let's go ahead. And start wrapping this up. And my job is to ask you. Ask. Where can they find us? Mm, I didn't want you to ask me that. Just kidding. They can find us at our website. That's www.bigfootrevival.com. Go over there and check us out. Check out all of our old podcast episodes as well as our thought-provoking blogs. You can find links to all of our social medias there as well as um, our email to shout us out anything that you want to get up with us with that's bigfootrevival at gmail.com for God has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power love and sound judgment yo yeti what up guess what what's that we out deuces <laughs>